playing and you're like listen if someone's in the nfl it's like all you do is you devote your time and your energy to just making sure you're doing well and you're like well I, yeah actually you know i had this opportunity and so i decided to get my mba and and even you, everyone says oh you have to choose one or the other you're like no actually i can choose both and i think for all of us like what you're saying is that there are opportunities everywhere if we're putting ourselves out there because you, what's beautiful is you're putting yourself out there but you're not feeling locked in to having to do it one certain way. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Each week, we share a conversation between Daniel and Billy. And sometimes a special guest will join in. Pastor Daniel and Billy will be talking today with NFL player and author Sam Acho. Sam will share his unique decision to leave a successful football career to go back to school and how it shaped his life. He'll talk about the opportunities and choices each follower of Christ has and how to navigate them well. Now here's Pastor Daniel and Billy Hallowell with their special guest, Sam Acho, with the Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. everybody. Welcome to Crazy Happy with me, Daniel Fusco, a podcast where we explore God's plan for our happiness. I always say, people say, hey, doesn't God want me to be happy? I say, absolutely. But God's plan for our happiness is found in unexpected places. Oftentimes we look for it in our own places, think, hey, I'm going to find happiness here. It's kind of elusive. But then when we link up with who God is and what he's doing, we begin to get to see that God's plan for happiness is found in unexpected places, what I like to call crazy happy. So I'm excited for you all to be joining us today. Thank you for checking out the podcast, leaving a review, letting people know about it, connecting with us on socials. It means so much to us that we can just be part of the journey together, exploring life at street level with all that God is doing. As always, I am joined by my friend, our host, author, investigative journalist, all around amazing dude, dad, husband, internet provocateur, pure flicks editor, Billy Hollowell. Billy, what's the good word, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. See, I added a couple things to you. You too. did. I'm telling you, I, lo I love the list just keeps growing, which makes me feel great. It feels like I'm wearing more hats than I am. So thank you. Well, we're going to have to get you more heads to put all those hats on. So, hey, uh, I'm super excited for our guest today. We are blessed to have with us Sam Acho, NFL football player, author. You know, he's got a brand new book coming out. And, and this is one of the things about Sam, and I'm just getting to know Sam, but as I've been kind of lurking around on, on the interwebs, checking him out, I love the fact that you can see joy in his countenance. Like he doesn't even have to open his mouth and he's, he's got wisdom that he's going to share with all of us today, but there is a tremendous joy that radiates from him as a person. So Sam, thank you so much for joining Billy and I on Crazy Happy today. No, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. We were joking earlier before we hopped on about the Pacific Northwest accent. I could hear it even in the, even in some of the words, right? Even in the, in the, just the, the way you say God, I'm like, oh, I've never heard God being pronounced in that way, you know? And so I love it. I'm so glad to be on with you all. 
It's a crazy well, you- amalgam of, of East Coast accent and then a West Coast accent. Now, before we get going, so I was listening to your brother, Emmanuel, talk about the fact that Roger Goodall, the NFL commissioner, said that he is the smartest of the Ocho brothers. And I know you have something to say about that. Yeah, I think I think Roger Goodell was just trying to make my brother feel better about himself. I think he, you know, my brother didn't have too much going on in his life, so he needed something to kind of boost up his esteem a little bit. I think that's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, you wear a lot of hats. We were talking about joking about me wearing a lot of hats yes. here in my description, but but you wear a lot of hats. You you do a lot. It seems you seem pretty busy. Yeah, I mean, I I think life. One thing I'm learning: life is about balance. But when I say balance, I don't mean like just a consistent level of balance i think it's sometimes it's like a it's like a seesaw you go through ups and downs but in the middle is always this fulcrum right the, the very center of a seesaw is the fulcrum i feel like god is kind of at the center of everything and so there will be seasons of life where i'm really doing a ton right even now i'm doing a i'm a, the vice president of the nfl players association i just I just released my first book let the world see you how to be real in a world full of fakes playing the NFL for nine years. I'm a free agent now, but a dad, a husband, podcaster, you know, business dude, just whatever, you know, whatever you kind of want to get into. And that's the season of life that I'm in right now. But there have been other seasons that have been a little bit less, less going on. But I know for me, I just love looking for doors that God opens. And as soon as he opens, running right through them. So let's talk a little bit to start about, about your NFL career. So like, I'm, a, you know, me and Billy have never talked about this. So, you know, born and raised in New Jersey. I'm a New York Giants fan. Billy, which, which is your NFL team? So, you know, I like I like the Giants, but and you're probably both going to kill me for this, especially because here we are talking to somebody who's been in the NFL for nine years. I'm not the biggest football fan in the world. I don't dislike it. I just I don't I don't watch every week. So not to disappoint you guys, but I do like the Giants. If I had to pick, I'd say Giants. Okay, well, I am disappointed, but Sam. I'm not. I'm not disappointed. First, you you don't know. I played. I played in the NFL for nine years, and like after I've been a free agent, I'm not watching a majority of the games. I'm just. I was gonna say, do you watch? Like, are you a fan? Are you a fan of football, even though you've been in it? I've always been a fan of players, specific people. So that's kind of been my thing. And so it's never really been teams. I grew up in Dallas. People think, oh, you're a Cowboys fan, a Dallas Cowboys. Like, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I, I liked the Eagles because they're colors. I liked them when I was a kid. And, and there are certain players who I liked. So I've always been a fan of people. Not necessarily, I'm not going to sit there all weekend and watch every single game. It's never never really been my thing. Well, look well, at that. Well, you heard it I want to say this, though. <laughs> on behalf, because Billy is kind of a Giant fan, and I've always been. Can you? Get on the Giants. Can we call Dave Gettleman and get you signed? We need you on the team, bro. I think they, the, the, Giants, the Giants may need all three of us uh, on that team right now. Instantly. Very Dude, much listen, so. I would love to be an offensive lineman just so I could eat everything I wanted to. Nobody, and not have to worry nobody about wants it. me on a team. I can tell you that. But nobody wants me on that Billy, football team. Billy, you, haven't watched, you have not watched the New York football Giants. I think they may need you. Not even want you. Need you. We need you. You're like, <laughs> you'd, be like, you'd be like the water boy. You know, you come on in and tackle everybody. I, I would do that. I would do that. Yeah, that mm-hmm. actually sounds like a job that's up my – yeah, I could, I could go for that. You may just play quarterback. I'm just saying you we may the Giants may need more than a water boy the, running the back desper- as well. The desperation for that to happen is <laughs> apparently through the roof. So So I'm just I'm just gonna put it I mean I'm gonna make sure Dave Gettleman gets a copy of this. 
podcast. Absolutely. Listen, you got to sign Sam. Come on, bro. Hey, it's, a, it's a package deal. Package deal. Three of us. It's, I'm not going alone. Dude, I'll be the chaplain, man. Like, like I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Oh. Uh, you know, but so, but talk about, talk about life as an NFL football player. I mean, like, obviously for people who are fans, you know, we, we, we see a player Sunday by Sunday. Maybe you read about your, your favorite team and, and you get some of the stuff, but like, to be an elite athlete, you know, to, to be playing your whole life, to, to devote yourself to the, the discipline of being not just good at a sport, but in that kind of top 1% of people who get to do it as a career, obviously the, the discipline, the drive, the luck in some ways in God's grace. Talk a little bit about that journey for you. Yeah. For me, I think a lot of it has just been about going back to that point of walking through the doors that God has opened for me growing up. I wasn't, it wasn't a dream of mine to play in the NFL. I was a rambunctious kid. I have two older sisters, a little brother. I think we were probably breaking things in the house. My parents said, go, go, go outside and play. <laughs> so we were doing football and basketball and track and field and baseball and just all the sports. And I remember a junior year in high school, I was playing football during the fall and basketball during the winter and, and track and field during the spring. And I remember going to a football camp that summer, summer going into my senior year and going to a camp at University of Southern California. I didn't really know much about the camp. We were in Texas. I'm from Dallas, but my brother had heard about this camp and he wanted to go. And we had family and friends in California. And so we said, let's go make a family trip of it. And so the whole family went and we went to this camp at, at USC, which at that time was one of the top, not one of the, it was the top football program in the nation. They just won three national championships in a row. They were a dynasty. We show up at this camp. And what we didn't know was that this was, this was an invite only camp. And we were not invited. <laughs> we we were not invited, but we were there. We were there. We showed up and they were kind of going through. They didn't see our name on the list. And I think my dad kind of sweet talked his way or sweet talked our way into that camp. And we go to the camp and not only was it an invite only camp, but it was also their top 300 camp, meaning the top 300 players from the state of California were all at this camp, which I didn't know at the time. We just showed up and going through the camp about halfway through. And I'm a, I'm really a competitor. I just like, I like having fun and doing my best. It's like anybody I would think. And so we were doing drills, a one-on-one drill, pass rush drill. So imagine your job is to, I play defense and my job is to go get the quarterback. And there was an offensive lineman whose job was to block me in a simulated drill. And so first rep, I beat the guy. Second rep, go against a different guy. I beat him. Next rep, beat, I was just, just having fun, doing my thing. Well, go to the next drill, just going about life. And all of a sudden, one of the coaches calls me back and says, Sam, I need you to go back to that one-on-one drill. Like, what do you mean? What happened? Did I mess up? Like, what's going on? I didn't know. I didn't want to ask. I just, all right, I'll go. Go back to the drill and same thing. Somebody lines up, boom, I beat this guy. The next guy goes, boom, beat that guy. And they're like, all right, cool. We've seen enough. They catch me up back up to the group that I was in. And as I'm going back, I'm like, what, what happened? Did I mess up? Did I not do a good job? What, why did I have to start over? They said, no, no, Sam, you were great. The head coach heard about how good you were doing. Pete Carroll, he wanted to come and see you in person. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And so, but mind you, mind you, Billy, I want, I'm not a you're football, to be there. Not a football <laughs> fan. I'm not a football kid. I didn't know who Pete Carroll was, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> like, you're just having fun. You're just out there doing your thing, having fun. And next thing you know, you're about to become a star. Well, absolutely. Well, so the camp ends, all of a sudden, me and four or five other guys get called up to Pete Carroll's office. Top 300 camp, 300 of the best players in California. 294 get sent home and six are called up to Pete Carroll's office. 
So 294 hey, I, people instantly hated you. In absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I'm just like, dude, who is speaker? I'm glad to be here. And I go up and I didn't know what was going on. Looked, like I said, did I make a mistake? What's going on? And and they said, hey, you did a really, really good job. We're considering offer you, offering you all scholarships to USC. And I, in my mind, I'm like, that's a guess that's a big deal. I've been to a football camp, uh, one other football camp, and I went maybe the week or two before a school called Vanderbilt, a, a, not a football school. And I go to the football camp there a week or two before, and they were like, well, you're just okay. You've got raw talent. We just don't really know. We don't see a lot in you in a lot of ways. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm glad to glad to know you guys. We'll go to this other camp. And they're like, dude, we want to offer you a scholarship. And so I said, okay, great. Sounds good. They said, okay, we're going to be in touch. We'll reach out to you in the next two or three weeks. But in the meantime, sit tight, you know, good knowing you. And I said, okay, great. Thanks so much. I'm walking out. And I remembered, I said, oh, coach, by the way, you said you're going to call in like two or three weeks. I said, if, if for whatever reason, I don't pick up the phone, just letting you know, every summer, about two or three weeks from now, I go to Nigeria with my family. We do medical mission work. And so I'm usually for about 10 days in a village in the middle of nowhere, 7,000 miles away. So for whatever reason, with no service. So if I don't pick up for whatever reason, it's not because I don't like you. It's because I literally have no service. He said, okay, don't worry, Sam will be in touch. Well, lo and behold, two weeks later, I'm in the airport, my phone rings, and it's a man by the name of Ken Norton Jr. Who's the recruiting coordinator for, for USC. Sam, this is Ken Norton Jr. We like what we saw. We're not even going to wait till the next camp. We want to offer you a scholarship. I'm like, what? Oh, wait, a what? They're like, absolutely. Here's Coach Carroll. I need to say a few words. All you need to do is verbally commit and say to him, I want to be a Trojan. And I'm like, oh, verbally commit? What do you mean? What, what do you mean a few words? Here's Coach Carroll. <laughs> Give him the phone. And I'm like, okay. Well, when we're small talk, small talk, and we're kind of going back and forth a little bit. And finally, Coach Carroll says, Sam, is there anything you want to say? Right? The answer of, man, what is it being? You got to talk about this football star. And you know, it's, he said, Sam, is there anything you want to say? Remember, Verbally commit. I want to be a Trojan. So all you need to hear. I say, coach, I say, I would love the opportunity to one day consider the potential of maybe being something like a Trojan coach. I got to go to the plane taking off and I hang up the phone, <laughs> hang up the phone, 17 years old, hang up. And, and it was like, and I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. Something inside of me was, I didn't feel right about verbally committing and yes you guys like me but no one else has seen me and maybe i want to go somewhere else i don't yeah i wanted to go through the whole process and so i hang up the phone on the number one school in the world and i hop on that flight and i'd love to tell you that i hopped on the flight and i was like yeah yeah i'm the best and people are gonna offer me i was freaking out i was trying to call we we were in there i was trying to call him back immediately i'm sorry i'm ready freaking out my dad looked at me said son and and of course he wanted me to commit because this is free school a good school good education and everything I said, no, we said, son, like God's in control, right? Don't worry about it. God's going to take care of it. Well, he was right because two and a half weeks later, I come back from that trip and my phone starts, as soon as we land, my phone starts buzzing off the hook, just buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. I had about 50 missed calls and 30 some odd voicemails from coaches all around the country. They had heard wow. that USC had offered. Wow. And also my highlight tape was put on this recruiting website called Rivals. So you talk about overnight superstar. All of a sudden I came back from this trip and every school in the nation was calling me, was writing me letters, was offering me scholarships to go play football in college. That's crazy. So because I live in Washington state, you know, like Pete Carroll is like the most popular person in the state, like, like because he's the coach of the Seattle Seahawks. And so just like for folks who are hearing this from my neck of the woods, they're just like, 
like, you know, like, so how cool is that? So, so where'd you end up go? Where'd you end up going to school? I ended up, I ended up going to the university of Texas, right? It's I'm from Dallas, three hour drive, went to UT and they, you know, they offered me and, and most schools, people don't know this in the recruiting process. They pretty much say, I don't care how good you are. We need you to sign right now. And if you don't, we may just rescind your offer. That's how a lot of schools do. Well, coach Brown and university of Texas, cause they had found out about me so late. They said, Sam, take your time. As long as you need, take your time and, and we'll, we'll be here. You know, we, we're the ones who relate to the party and we love you. We love what you can do. And so as soon as I kind of heard those words, I said, all right, I'm available. I'm ready. And so I signed, played at University of Texas, played defensive end there for th- for really four years, graduated at the business honors school and you know, honors program, marketing, double major. And I won this award called the Campbell Trophy, which is the academic Heisman Trophy. So I won that and was named like top 20 smartest athletes in all of sport. It was like some cool stuff happened there. So cool. And so, so, but, but as you're talking now, like you're like a classic Renaissance man, because obviously like, you know, academically gifted, you know what I mean? You're not really into football, but like, you know, coach Carroll sees you and, and he wants to put the ring on your finger and, and, and your highlight tapes get around. And I don't even want to for a second miss this, that as a high schooler, you're going to do medical missions in Nigeria every summer. Right. And so like so like you're a man, you have a heart of compassion for people. You're athletically gifted. You're you're academically gifted. Now, talk a little bit about your family growing up, because obviously, like, you know, like someone most people just not like that. So obviously your your folks, your parents, the community around you must have been uh, quite extraordinary to see all these different gifts, you know, with you and your sister, because obviously your brother's also, you know, gift. I don't know your sister. I'm sure they're extraordinary as well. Like so like talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, our parents, our parents were born and raised in Nigeria. So they were first generation Americans. They grew up in a couple of different villages in Nigeria. They came here, for, in lack of better terms, for a better life. And they were just grinding and grinding and grinding. They knew, like a lot of people who are immigrants know, that education is really the only way out. So they put us in the best schools and they sacrificed a lot to get us into these schools and make sure that we were taking it seriously and all the things. So even the athletic door was just something that God did. Like It wasn't, my dad's fine. I'm, I'm my dad is five, six, right? If I call it five, seven, my mom is five, six. I'm six, three. I'm six, three, two, sixty. So somebody riddle me that, you know what I mean? Like I'm six, three, two, sixty. And granted, I got some uncles and some, some uncles who are super tall back in Nigeria. And, and I think my granddad, I never met him. He passed before I, before I got a chance to meet him, but, but he was super tall from what I understand. And so, so yeah, so our parents, the foundation was education it was hard work, but also this faith in Christ, this faith in Jesus saying, hey, I don't care what circumstance, which circumstances you're in, God is greater than those circumstances, which is why we did those medical mission trips to Nigeria. My parents That's came amazing. from Nigeria. Yeah, right. It's, right. They came that from there. They kept going go back. back to do that. I mean, that to me, when you said that, so funny, uh, Fusco, when you were bringing that up, I'm like, I've got to bring this up because I wanted to know that background most families, I mean, Christian families are not actually doing that, you know, so it's amazing that. And then hearing that backstory that you guys were were doing that, it's just funny. like your whole story. And I want to get to the book, but like is wild to me that this was not something you were chasing. It's something that found you again and again and again. And then, you know, here you are and you went on to get an MBA as well, right? Yeah, I did. I did from the Thunderbird School of Global Management. So it actually was the number one rated international MBA program in the world. And I got it while I was playing. Football. So you did that while you were playing. So most people wouldn't do that. Like, what is wrong with you in a good way? Like most people <laughs> wouldn't do that in a million. It's like you're playing football, you're making money, you've been very successful, and you're like, I'm gonna go back to dot 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 school. I love it. I mean, I love it. It's amazing to me. 
Yeah, I will. I mean, it was, I love learning, number one. So I will say that. Like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big nerd in a lot of ways. I love learning, love education. But also, I love free things. And I happened with that award. And I don't know, I'm, maybe it's just me, but I, I love free things. I love with, free things, too. Absolutely. So with that award that I won, this Campbell Trophy, the Academic Heisman Trophy, there was a, a $25,000 postgraduate scholarship. So most people who win that award, they go on to wherever and and get education. But me, I actually wanted to go play in the NFL. And so there was a $25,000 postgraduate scholarship, but it had a two year expiration date. So within two years, that 25,000 would be gone. And so after my first year in the NFL, I played, I got a chance to start by the grace of God and did really, really well. I tied the rookie sack record as uh, my time in Arizona. And I was like, okay, cool. That was was pretty easy. I kind of feel like I got a good grasp for this but I wanted to make sure I didn't waste that $25,000 postgraduate scholarship. So I looked for school after school after school. I tried to find schools that would let me both play and pursue my education because many programs, many NBA programs say you got to pick one or the other. And I found this school in my backyard in Glendale, Arizona called the Thunderbird School of Global Management. And I had never heard of the school. I was like, is this a made up school? Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> but from what I understood and what I understood from people, my friends were like, no, no, people come from all around the world to go to this school all around the world. And so when it comes to an international, international MBA, not just an MBA, but with an international mindset, a global mindset, this is where you want to be. And so for me personally, obviously loving education, but also loving different cultures, that idea of having an opportunity to learn from people all around the world, friend, my friends from, friend from Japan, from Kuwait, from China, from Germany, all around the world, from Kenya, in the same classroom, it was special. When I, one of the things that you're talking about, and I think it's so powerful, is the fact that we have this tendency to believe that like the only, like you have to chart a course, you have to grind that course and you have to get there all the way. And you're actually telling a completely different story. Like, listen, I wasn't supposed to be at this camp, but we went anyway, we got in, you know, and then this thing unfolds. But as we're doing this, then I'm like, hey, you know, if you call, I might not be able to be, pick up the phone because I'm going to be on a medical mission trip because, you, you know, that's important. And then, you know, you're playing and you're like, listen, someone who's in the NFL, it's like all you do is you devote your time and your energy to just making sure you're doing well. And you're like, well, I, yeah, actually, you know, I had this opportunity. And so I decided to get my MBA and, and even you, everyone says, oh, you have to choose one or the other. You're like, no, actually I can choose both. And I think for all of us, like what you're saying is that there are opportunities everywhere if we're putting ourselves out there, because you, what's beautiful is you're putting yourself out there, but you're not feeling locked into having to do it one certain way. Can you, now, is that something that was kind of inherent within you because of the, you know, your, your parents teaching you about Jesus and, and you having faith and, Hey, listen, you know, God's got a, like, I got my plans and God's got his plans. You know, I, I plan my ways, but the Lord directs my steps as, as the Proverbs talks about, you know, uh, was that something that came naturally to you or, or, or was there a lot of kind of, uh, you know, uh, trepidation and taking some of those steps yeah d- definitely i think for me i had good people around me to, to to follow i think about my dad as an example times where i was fearful he's like dude just go for it you can do both in a lot of ways i remember having some some friends outside of football friends in the business world friends some of my best friends in college were starting high school some of my classmates in high school scored perfect scores on the sat perfect and that's when it went up to 2,400. So 2,400 out of 2,400. I had friends who went to Harvard and, and Yale. And I mean, this, that was, those were my friends. But I also had friends now in, the, in, in college who, in the business honors program, 
who were super smart, but also had my teammates. So it was like, I had people in both worlds where I didn't, I realized you don't have to only go for what people think you should go for. If God created you differently, then go where God wants you to go. Cause God's plan may be different than anyone else's plans. God gave you this personality. God gave you your mind. God gave you your creativity. God gave you like a mellow laid back kind of demeanor for a purpose. Many of us tend to get tunnel vision whenever we're dead set on an ambition or goal. However, as believers and followers of Christ, we need to constantly remind ourselves that it's the Lord who guides our steps. In today's edition of Crazy Happy, NFL player, writer, and public speaker, Sam Acho shared his experience of skyrocketing to the top while staying true to his calling as a follower of Christ. We'll have a preview of next week's episode in just a moment. Thanks for listening to the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and author and journalist Billy Hallowell. Each week you'll hear discussion on important topics that affect your life now. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and get notified each time we post a new edition of the show. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Now, here's Josh. Have you ever been so determined to pursue something that you were certain was your calling at that specific moment of your life or perhaps even now? While many of us struggle to even convince ourselves of what our calling is, it's important. We never lose sight of what's most important. Be sure to join us as Pastor Daniel wraps up his interview with NFL player Sam Acho. Well, that's all we have time for on this special edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Crazy Happy with Pastor Daniel podcast. Be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.